Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to turn in your Bibles to Luke, Dr. Luke, chapter 15. I'm going to be uh, reading the parable that Jesus shared with his disciple, the parable of the lost son, otherwise known as the parable of the prodigal son. Verse 11, and Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together. All he had set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he says, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe, put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the oldest son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when it, this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, came home, you killed the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. 
but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. May God add his blessing to his word this morning. Amen. What a beautiful story. What a... Heavenly Father, again, we're so thankful to be here. We thank you for all the fathers, wherever they may be, listening to this message. And those of us that had fathers, and we remember those that are not with us. We ask that you give us understanding of this message that we prepared. May we concentrate, not be distracted. May you speak to our hearts and use this message to become more like the Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So Father's Day 2021 is called The Prodigal's Father. The Prodigal's Father. It's based on the prodigal son. And prodigal means one who is wasteful. That's what the word prodigal means. One who is wasteful. My message today is not so much about the prodigal son as it is about his father. And like most of us, he wasn't born into a perfect family. His older son was a prideful perfectionist and his youngest son was like the black sheep of the family. He goes out to his father, who's very wealthy, and demands his inheritance. And the father, knowing his son very well, he knew he was determined to leave, no matter if he tried to change his mind. And then he gives him what he asked for. The father knew, like most of us know our children, that father knew his son, that one in particular, the younger one, was kind of stubborn. And he needed to learn some valuable lessons the hard way. Some people are like that. Maybe you're like that. Maybe I'm like that, but I'm not going to tell you. You know, they need the freedom to go their own way and then come to our senses and hopefully change our attitude. Amen? And that's what he did, thankfully. It was a nice, good ending. You know, like most series back in the 60s, it always had a good ending, you know. No matter what, no matter how bad it was, it was always a good ending and everybody was laughing. Ha, ha, ha. Let's go to the next episode next week. So it's good advice to allow children the freedom to fail. Remember, parents, you should not take personally the mistakes that your children will make. Not if they will make, that they will make. Just like we make mistakes because we're human. Amen. So don't take things personally for the mistakes that your children make. The aim of parents is to work themselves out of a job, raising their offspring, preparing them to become self-sufficient adults, to go out into the real world. There's a time to cut the apron strings. I assume fathers don't wear those, but maybe you do. You know, It's okay, I'm not judging you. Once you cut the apron strings, you're out on your own. You've got to leave the nest. Parents can only do their best to raise their children the best they can, the best way they know how, and then the rest is up to them. The rest is up to them. Once they're old enough, of course, we would like our children to grow up and have, you know, be healthy. And we would like our children to have a good career, steady job, making some money. 
We would love our children to follow the Lord. Uh, we would love people to say, what a great job that you've done raising your kids. We would love to have that, wouldn't we? But life, as you know as well as I do, doesn't always turn out like a Hallmark movie, does it? Hallmark movies always have a happy ending, just like Friendies, Friendlies. Always has a happy, happy ending, all right? Little ice cream, which I'm no longer allowed to eat. Shucks. Now, many parents, they struggle. I say not, I wouldn't say many. I say all struggle with parenting issues. Many, numerous, too numerous to mention, have marriage problems of their own they, that they didn't sign up for when they said, I do. But we can only do our best. By God's grace. We can't make decisions for other people, can we? We can only try to make the right decisions for ourselves. And hopefully that will rub off and have a positive impact on other people. Now this father, and it is Father's Day, again, congratulations. The father in this story, he gave both his children the freedom to fail. Both of them. And they did but in different ways. And even though they failed, that father proved that he was a great father because he was willing to give both of them a second chance, another chance. That's grace. Now let's have a look at the prodigal son here. Even though this father's younger son was selfish, an ungrateful spendthrift, his father was still willing to wait for his wayward son to return. Most likely kept on praying for him, hoping he would come back, not knowing if he would. And his prayers, thankfully, were answered. When he sees his son a long way off, he's he's looking for him. Maybe he was looking out that window every day to see that boy return walking down the road. Remember, he had to provide sandals. He didn't even have shoes kid was starving by the time he came back walking towards the house skinny as a rake emaciated and then his dad what did he do couldn't wait to get out he ran out he couldn't wait to embrace him and kissed him that's a manly thing to do by the way if you're a, a dad there's nothing wrong with kissing your your son all right that's a good thing to do not on the lips i don't recommend that but you could if you want but i mean I wouldn't like it. <laughs> yeah, embrace, just give them a hug, a tight hug, and show him how much you love them and kiss them, kiss them on the neck, he did. He was so glad to see him, been waiting so long for him to return. Couldn't wait to embrace him, give him a loving hug. And he didn't judge him either. He didn't judge him. He didn't condemn him, saying, I told you so. I knew you'd be back. You should have listened to me. You good for nothing. (laughs) No good. Wastrel. No, he didn't do that. He never judged him. He never condemned him. He never said anything negative to him. What does he do? He throws a huge party. Immediately. Didn't wait. Kill the fatty calf. And when this happened, this was only on very, very special occasions and this was a very very special occasion because his son had returned it happened so quick even 
The oldest son didn't know anything about it. He was out working in the fields. He said, what's all the racket about? What's all the, what, why can, how come I hear the music and people rejoicing and dancing? What's it all about? Oh, your son has returned. Your, your, your brother has returned. And your dad has killed the fatted calf. Well, I'm not going to join that party. I'm just going to stay here and pout. And that's what he did. And his father had to go out and humble himself and go get the son to join them. You know, son, you're out of order. Regardless of what your brother did, he's still your brother, okay? So come join the party. He throws a huge party, the party that he didn't deserve. He didn't deserve it, did he? But that's grace. His father showed grace towards his son. You know what? That's how Jesus treats us. No matter how far we may stray, he'll always welcome us back. He will. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God who loves us unconditionally. He'll always welcome us back. I remember when I first got saved, just prior, it's like I, it was a vision, if you want to call it that, in my mind's eyes. And Jesus was opening his arms to me. Come home. Come to me. And I did. And I was saved. And I've never been the same again. Never will be. He's like that. He always welcomes us back. Some of you listening, maybe for the first time, he's waiting for you to come to him. You know, the guest of honor who killed the fatted calf at very, very special occasions only. And everyone in the village were invited. Everybody, no matter who they were. Now, putting on that feast, that father was making a statement. He just wasn't giving food willy-nilly to people that were hungry and needed a good feast. He was making a statement. He didn't care what people thought about his son. He didn't care what they thought about his son or what his son may have done and what his son had done. Remember, he squandered his money on prostitutes. It's right there in the word of God. He squandered it all. Riotous living, the authorized version. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. That's what he did. That's what most people do in this world. But he didn't judge him, and he's telling these people that come to the party, I don't care what you think about him, he's still my son. And nothing can ever change that. He's still my son. And that's the way our Heavenly Father treats us. That's how our Heavenly Father sees us, no matter what we've done or where we've been. And the mistakes that we've made... He sees us just as if we had never sinned. Just as if we'd never sinned. That's the way he sees us. We're accepted in the beloved. He accepts us through Jesus. Now the older brother talked a little bit about him. He wasn't the rebellious one like his younger brother that needed forgiveness. The older one needed it too because his sin was judging his younger brother, who had left home, squandered all his money on riotous living. But even though the older brother may have had a correct view of the obvious flaws in his younger brother's character, he had no right being holier than thou and judging his brother. He had no right to do that, which he did, looking down his nose on his brother or looking up his nose. It depends how tall he was. I don't know. All right. You know, this, this older brother, he felt, and he, he, had a, he had a point. 
He had a valid argument when you think about it. He felt that he should get more credit from his father because he was the good son that always worked hard, that never let his dad down. He always tried to do the right things, always tried to please everybody. And all those good things he did were commendable, weren't they? Those things are commendable, trying to do the right things to please his father. The problem was his attitude was wrong. His attitude, however, his dad was willing to give him another chance to change his bad attitude towards his younger brother. Now, you know, good people will always give others a second chance. Amen? Good people will always give others a second chance. Knowing the Lord is, always gives us a second chance. And I say third chance. Four, five, six, go on and on, innumerable. The Lord will always give us another chance. You know, we'll go out and make stupid mistakes, but he's always there to forgive us, to give us another chance. Whereas some people won't, you know. Have you met people like that? Some people won't. They're judgmental. Oh, he went and did this, and he's blown it. So I'm just going to cut him off. I don't want any more, anything more to do with that person ever again. He's blown it. That's a bad attitude. God doesn't want that. And I've seen it happen. And it's wrong. It's wrong. We need to give people another chance, regardless of what they've done and who they are. Lord knows that one day we might need them to give us another chance when we blow it. Amen? Another chance when we need it. That's grace. You've got to be graceful. Like the Lord Jesus was graceful. Full of grace and truth. Granted, let's be honest, the older son had a valid grievance, didn't he? And there should always be consequences for bad behavior. There should always, and there is. Have you lived long enough to find that out for yourself? <laughs> I have. There's always consequences for bad behavior. But the problem was the older son was being too judgmental, not willing to forgive his brother. I'm sure that happens all the time, certain circles. Hear about people, you know, they only, they only see them at a funeral and they haven't talked to their siblings for years because someone did something that they shouldn't have done and they've been offended and they don't communicate for years and years and years. Sometimes never till it's too late. This is why it's important to forgive. If you've got a grievance against somebody, you better forgive them. Like God has forgiven you. Amen? You've got to forgive them. They may not even be alive. You say, God, regardless of what that person did to me and how he offended or she offended me grievously and hurt me, I forgive that person. Help me forgive that person. I don't feel like forgiving that person. Please help me forgive that person by your grace. You know what? God will bring healing. He'll bring healing. Bitterness is going to cause sickness. It's, 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 a, it's a medical fact that sickness can cause certain forms of cancer, all right? You've got to forgive like Jesus forgave us, amen? We all make stupid mistakes, all of us. None of us are perfect. The older brother wasn't willing to forgive, but his dad was. Dad was willing to give him a second chance to become a better person, to become a better person, changing his attitude. 
So what are some of the lessons we've already learned? I'm sure you've learned some already. From this parable based on a true story, parents need to remember that once their children reach adulthood, they're no longer under their authority. All right? They're no longer under their authority. The apron strings are cut. In this story, the prodigal son's a good example of a rebel who leaves home and not just squanders the material things, but also his spiritual inheritance that his parents invested in him. All the years of nurturing, teaching, the unconditional love, and the care was all forgotten when this child rebelled, but not just against the parents, against God. All rebellion, you need to remember this, this is what the Bible says, because it's true, all rebellion is against God first, first and foremost, and is manifested in a rebellion against their parents and their authority. Now this is what the Bible says, 1 Samuel 15, 23, for rebellion, is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Now notice in this story, that father did not stop his child from leaving. He couldn't have done anyway, even if he wanted to. He was an adult, but he didn't try to stop him. He didn't follow after that child or try to protect him. We all want to protect our children, don't we? Instead, what did he do? He stayed home and he prayed. He prayed and he prayed that his son would come to his senses, which he did, thank God, and turn his life around and come back home. That's repentance. That's what repentance means. It's turning. It's doing a complete turnaround, going in one direction, but coming back. In this case, coming back the Father represents the Heavenly Father. You know, that's a fact. And he prayed, he prayed, and he waited for his son to come back. And he waited, and he watched. And then he runs out, and he greets him with open arms. Now, when sons or daughters go off on their own, and they make choices their parents know, because, you know, you don't get gray hair for nothing. There's some wisdom, you know, some of you don't have gray hair yet. Some of you may dye it. I don't think the men do. I don't know. But, you know, this gray matter, it comes with some experience and wisdom. The Bible says that. And we can't make choices for our children. We can't try to protect them when they go their own way and do things that we know, as parents, will bring hard consequences. Parents must let them go and let God, all right? Let go and let God. He can do a better job than we can, taking care of our children. The dad doesn't follow after him. He doesn't interfere with the consequences that will surely come. And they did. He was out there eating the pig's food. Not just the corn, but the pods that the corn was attached to. That's how low he'd sank. He was starving to death. What did he do? Rather, parents should stay home. Keep faithfully praying and watching for signs of a changed attitude. That's repentance. Until that time comes, if it ever will, no guarantees. Let's do what the Bible says. Mind our own business. Where does it say that? 
I'm glad you asked. 1 Peter 4.15 But let none of you suffer as a busybody in other people's matters. That's what we like to do sometimes, isn't it? Stick our nose in, in other people's business. Parents should mind their own business, but at the same time, not supporting the rebellion. You don't have to support it. What you need to do is keep praying and support your children whenever they need it. Once children, I'm almost finished, are of an age of legal adulthood, they are only subject to two things. Listen, they are subject to the authority, number one, God, and the laws of the land. You try breaking the laws of the land, you're going to end up in the clink, all right? Of course, parents need to support their children with love and prayers and always be ready to come alongside once they make the right choice to return to the Father. But before that happens, God often allows, I know he does, self-inflicted pain. We bring a lot of pain on ourselves by the stupid mistakes that we make. Have you experienced that? I have. It's not very pleasant. I have to learn some really hard lessons. God has to get our attention sometimes, and it's painful. I can attest, 2018, on Route 2. Maybe I was going a little bit too fast, granted, but not one bone was broken, and I was rolling and tumbling, having done 50 miles an hour. Not one bone was broken. Why did it happen? Why did I suffer all that needless pain and suffering? God was trying to get my attention. He did. He did, and I'm still hard-headed. I got more lessons to learn. I'm like that rebellious son. I'm not like the goody two-shoes who never did anything wrong. I won't tell you what my mother used to say about me. I don't think I can repeat it, although she didn't really swear or anything like that. Self-inflicted pain. We could, we could save a lot of pain if we just comply and do what God wants us to do. Instead of being rebellious, we need to see the error of our ways like this, the younger son did, and he responded correctly. Until that time comes, if it ever will, parents, watch, pray, leave the matters in the hands of God, let go, let God. Now, this may be a painful process. It's never going to be easy. But when carried out correctly, it's going to bring peace of mind and peace to your soul. And if you forget everything else I've said, don't ever forget this, what I'm about to say. And you may, whether you believe it or not, it's true. God loves your children more than you do, more than you could ever love them. God loves your children more than you do. Let go, let God keep praying, and may the peace of God rule in your hearts, even though it's not gonna be easy. It's never easy, is it? Never easy. I'm just going to close with what we, what we sang earlier on, which I didn't plan on, but the Lord knows. Blessed quietness, holy quietness, what assurance is my soul. On the stormy sea, he speaks peace to me, how the billows cease to roll. Amen. I love you guys, and better believe that God does as well. Prove that on the cross. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful 
those that know you because of believing faith in your only begotten son Jesus who was without sin but full of grace and truth what a wonderful savior even though we make numerous mistakes as we're stubborn hard-hearted sometimes you're still there waiting with open arms to forgive us you never judge us you never condemn us and we're so thankful that's the kind of God that I want to serve that's the kind of savior I want to follow there is none other there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved and I thank you that we are we've been bought with a price the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross cleanses us from all sin help us not to be hard-hearted and stubborn like the son who squandered his life on riotous living but it says that he came to his senses and to walk with you is the best choice we could ever make and when we do you not only give us eternal life you give us abundant life abundant life in this life and a peace that we can't find anywhere else having received the prince of peace there may be somebody wherever you may be listening to this message you need to know that God loves you even though you've made mistakes we all do but the biggest mistake you can make is to reject the one who died on that cross to shed his blood so that you could be forgiven just like the father forgave his son the younger son he forgave his older son for being judgmental and proud and condemning so I hope and pray that you would receive Jesus ask him to save you and then and only then can you receive the peace that this world can never give you and then share your faith with others and get into a church where they preach the word of God and they teach the word of God and they love Jesus so thank you Lord for this service and we pray that we'll take it to heart and always remember that to rebel against you Besides the sin of witchcraft. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413 413- Six two four eight 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 six. Hope to see you soon. God bless.